It's the Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels. You made it to the end of the week, and what an exciting week it has been. First off, I'm going to prove myself right. Yes, again, from the Epic Times, digital dollar poses significant risks to consumer privacy, financial system. Fed Governor finally admits Reserve Governor Michelle Bowman. She says what I've been saying and what many others have been saying the whole time. And she said the potential benefits of a U.S. CBDC remain unclear, and the introduction of a U.S. CBDC could pose significant risks and trade-offs for the financial system and include potential unintended consequences for the U.S. banking system and considerable consumer privacy concerns. By what, what kind of concerns would those be, Ms. Bowman? What could we possibly think of that we haven't already said here at... The Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels. We are perplexed. Please enlighten us and tell us more about these supposed privacy issues. Well, I'll tell you what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be this. They want to know what you're spending it on. They want to know when you're spending it. They want to know everything about your transactions. And if they don't like what you're doing because your social credit score is too low, then what do you think they're going to do? They're going to shut off your access. And if there is a slow economy, what do you think they're going to do with that? They are going to put expiration dates on your digital coupons, your central banking digital currency. Why would they put expiration dates on a central banking digital currency? Well, it is to get the money flowing again. If you don't spend this money within 30 days, that money is going to be reduced in value, if not removed altogether from your bank account and be worthless. That's what I mean behind all of this. And if you're a bad egg, well, they'll just say that your digital currency will not be usable beyond five miles of your registered address. And if you try to spend your money on anything other than pizza, gas, and bare essentials, well, good luck with that. You'll be flagged. Much like what they've done in China, you can look up those videos too. So at least we're finally getting the powers that be to admit that maybe there's something to all of this Chris Michaels lunacy where he talks about 15-minute cities and central banking digital currencies in a futuristic, dystopian, nonsensical, idiotic society that the World Economic Forum people, along with most politicians on both sides of the aisle, are trying to push us into. So for the love of God, please stop calling me ridiculous. I'm just so far ahead of the curve that you can't catch up. That's what's going on here. And Jim Jordan, I don't know what's going on with this whole thing. But there are a lot of people in the Republican Party that are saying nit to Mr. Jordan being speaker. And I suspect it has to do with his alliance to Donald Trump and going after Biden, even though we know that Jim Jordan is more than happy to fund the wars in the Ukraine and the future war that's going to happen in the Middle East. So he's got the backing of the military faction of all of this. But what is keeping him up? What is pushing him to the side? It's that no labels lobbyist group that I did a podcast on earlier in the week where they want a unity ticket. They want a Democrat and a Republican, but really the Republicans they want are just Democrats registered as Republicans, like former Senator Lieberman from Connecticut. 
That's what they want. So Jim Jordan isn't one of those people. The big cheese behind the opposition to Jordan being nominated is bacon. That's right. The big cheese is bacon. He's the main bulwark that's pushing back against Jim Jordan being nominated. And who is he backed by? He's backed by no labels. So what do you think is happening with RFK Jr.? Why did he suddenly feel confident enough to get rid of the yoke of the Democrats and go on his way for an independent run? It's because he's backed up by no labels. And they're going to push him to run with somebody, in my opinion, like Nikki Haley or maybe Jeb Bush. You never know with these clowns. You just never know. So what happened this afternoon was that Jim Jordan was turned down and he said, well, look, we're going to give McHenry full powers of the speakership until January. Well, what does this do? I ran through a brief bio of what McHenry was all about. And all you had to see there was, if I remember correctly, he was backed up by a bunch of real estate firms and real estate political action committees, and he's also backed up big time by the military and all of those industries. So do you think that there's going to be any real MAGA opposition to an enormous military spending bill before the end of the year? I'm not talking about just the NDAA. I'm talking about emergency funding so that Ukraine and Israel can defend itself against its attackers. They have the right to defense. Uh, yeah, unless you are destroying Greek Orthodox churches that, was, that were housing and protecting upwards of 500 Christians in Palestine. Yes, Israel just did that too. So Jim Jordan throwing in the towel, and he said that he wanted to speak to the holdouts. I think there's about 20 Republicans that are saying no to Jim Jordan's nomination. Uh, but he said he would speak to them if they would want to speak to me. And the problem is, is that none of them are returning his phone calls. So they're left with McHenry. McHenry is going to further this dramatic uptick in confrontations, discord, and war throughout the world. He is bought and sold. He is wanted by the Democrats. Now, if you are a Republican in the House and you've got control of the speakership, why would you want a Democrat? I mean, why would you want a speaker, a Republican speaker that the Democrats want? It's because the Democrats know that McHenry is a Democrat running as a Republican, and he would do and reach across the aisle to get things done in Washington. Uh, yeah, like funding the military-industrial project to fund more wars overseas, To on and on we can go, right? So that's what we have to worry about with this. If you are in one of these districts with these 20 holdouts, then you may want to go visit them if you are near one of their offices, uh, or at least call them up and send them a snide email because enough is enough. We need to get things going again. Uh, so what else is happening with this explosion in the Levant? And I say the Levant, it's an antiquated term, uh, and it basically incorporates the Eastern Mediterranean. So you go basically from Sinai up towards Turkey. Interesting little tidbits of a lot of events that are going on. Probably a lot of people aren't putting any of this together. The U.S. Embassy, along with Israel, tells 
Americans and Israelis to get out of Lebanon. Israel has told Turkey, get, I mean, told Israelis in Turkey, get out of Turkey. No more. We want everybody home. They withdrew their embassy staff from Turkey. So the Israelis are preparing for a war. They're going to probably do something against Turkey. They're probably going to do something against Lebanon. That's not good because what you're going to get out of that is a large regional war. You're going to start to get Iran involved. There were a lot of missile attacks today across the Middle East, a lot of them in Iraq, a lot of them in Syria going after American targets. This is a conflagration. It is going to continue. They're not going to stop with this. And on top of it, Israel does not pay attention to national boundaries. They will do whatever they want to do. They're going to attack whoever they want to attack. And they don't pay attention to the rules of war because they've given themselves the religious and legal justification, legal in quotes, in order to justify to do whatever they want to do, justification to go after any target and to use any kind of propaganda that would further their plan here. And their plan ultimately is to wipe out Hamas. And Seymour Hirsch wrote an article on Substack and he said, by the end of the week, Israeli jets were dropping leaflets telling the citizens of Gaza City and its surrounding areas in the north. I don't know if you saw those videos. So it's not only a plan to wipe out Hamas, but mark my words, it is a plan to wipe out Gaza. They want to get rid of the Palestinians. They've had their agenda of this particular plan for a long time. They just could not enact it. And Hirsch continues by saying, that in the short term, I've been told by an Israeli insider that Israel has been trying to convince Qatar, which at the urging of Prime Minister Netanyahu was a longtime financial supporter of Hamas, to join with Egypt to fund a tent city for the million or more refugees awaiting across the border in Gaza. It's not a done deal, the insider said. Israeli officials have warned Egypt and Qatar that without a landing site, the refugees will have to go back to Gaza. So do you see what Hirsch has found out here? The Israelis want to get rid of Palestine itself. They don't want the Gaza Strip anymore. They're claiming it's for Hamas. Yes, I can buy that argument, get rid of Hamas, you're going after them, an enemy, and so on and so forth. But the real agenda here is to take over Palestine. And even in further along in Hirsch's argument, or his article too, not only his argument, citing sources by saying that the Gaza Strip is going to experience something close to the same level of destruction as the Japanese city of Hiroshima. So we all know what happened there, only without the nuclear weapons. Gaza City is in the process of becoming Hiroshima, he wrote, without the use of nuclear weapons. And also, if this is the real case, they're going to have to go in and uh, ferret out all of these Hamas militants in the tunnels. Why is that a big deal? That is not a fun thing if you're trying to do this with a military. Yes, you've got 400,000 personnel ready to do it, 
But I'm going to say that a lot of these people are reservists. They haven't seen any sort of military action probably in quite some time. And when you are on patrol, you're not really fighting against honest-to-God militants. You're not fighting against ISIS. You're just trying to maintain a border, and we can go into all of the stories we've heard about the Israelis maintaining the border with Gaza and all of the atrocities that have occurred from there. That's completely different than what they're proposing to do, and that is to go into Palestine and Gaza itself. What else happened? Biden came out and said, oh, we've got these tens of thousands of artillery rounds that were destined for the Ukraine, but we are now going to divert those uh, artillery shells to Israel so that they can go after Palestine. They are going to bombard Palestine. They're going to level every single possible building they can before they go in. Militarily, it's smart. Now, you also have people on CNN justifying the siege of the Gaza Strip. They were worried about a, a panelist asked one of the uh, stooges on CNN, well, I, you're cutting off water. You're laying siege. I mean, aren't we worried about war crimes here? Because there are a lot of innocent people in the Gaza Strip that want nothing to do with this. And then aren't necessarily Palestinians themselves. A lot of them can be Roman Catholic or Eastern Orthodox, Greek Orthodox, the whole nine. And they said on CNN, well, that's just war. So all of a sudden, CNN is concerned about war crimes or not concerned about war crimes. When did that happen? When, as Americans, should we not be concerned about war crimes? Oh, I don't know. Take a look at Julian Assange. Maybe it started back then. It goes even further because Russia is supposedly backing up Hamas in some form. Maybe they're allowing them to build rifles, AK-47s, and so on giving them the licensure to do something like that, giving them the technology to make those kinds of weapons, rifle the barrels, and all sorts of other things like that. They've also got support from Iran, which, by the way, Iran is probably using a lot of Russian tech along with their own type of technology because the Russians decided to dip into that uh, intelligence, the Iranian intelligence, and use Iranian drones in the Ukraine. So... Amir Whiteman, member of the Likud party in Israel, which is Netanyahu's party, after we win this war, we will make sure that the Ukraine wins. Russia will pay the price. And he goes on and on in this bizarre, slobbering rant about how, oh, we've got Russian Nazis, and this is unapologetic. If you are harming Israel, then we're going to harm you directly or indirectly, and, and all of this, we're going to take out Russia. So what this says to me is that you've got a lot of people that are pretty sore about the Russian Revolution of 1917, and they want another crack at it. Why is that important? Because Putin, back in the 90s and early 2000s, I forgot when it was, he made the official religion of Russia Eastern Orthodox. A lot of these countries in the West, they don't want an official religion. A lot of Israeli-backed groups want it that way. They want the diversity. So what I'm seeing here, if I'm reading the tea leaves correctly, is that we've, we're on the verge of another religion-ideologically-backed 
war confrontation, and it's going to go against Russia because they've got a spiritual backing. They've got some kind of compass when it comes to their faith, just like the Israelis do. So why do they think they're going to take out Russia? Somebody should tell this guy that there are Nazis in the Ukraine. So are you saying that you are going to fund and support Nazis? I thought the Nazis were bad, especially if you're Jewish. Me personally, I still don't like Nazis. I never ran, I, I never fought against Nazis. I have run into Nazis, I'll tell you that much. But I've never fought against Nazis. I've read enough history to know that they've done icky things in the past to a lot of people. And I wouldn't like to see any more of them wandering about, especially if they gain any sort of political power like they've done in the Ukraine. So why is somebody from Israel trying to back Ukrainian Nazis to go after Russia? You have to look into the backgrounds of all of the individuals, the major players that were part of the Russian Revolution. You find out that a lot of them share many things in common with the citizens in Israel. One final thing, Egypt and Jordan. If this kind of war crime does not stop going after the Gazans, going after civilians, Egypt and Jordan has decided to say to Israel, we're going to war if you do not stop this. If you try to displace over 2 million Palestinians into the Sinai Peninsula, it ain't going to work. We're going to war. We're going to come after you. And this is from War News 24-7. It's a Greek site. You can go to it. A lot of stories on this site are worth reading because you don't hear them in any major Western mainstream news organization. Uh, the Israeli foreign minister said, at the end of this war, not only will Hamas no longer be in Gaza, but the territory of Gaza will also be reduced. What does that mean? It means they're going to take it over. It means they're going to kick people out. Any attempt by Israel, said the Jordanian foreign minister, to forcefully displace the Palestinians means war for Jordan. So let's, let's get this straight. People that were striving for their own homeland are now trying to kick out people of their homeland. The irony just does not stop. So that's going to be it for me. I am on, uh, going to be on with Greg Bolden, as always, so you can go over to his X profile to find me and him over there, or he and I over there, where we do a weekly wrap-up. Uh, and we talk about all things big and small that occurred during the week, and I think it's going to be an exciting one. Uh, I do have news. I said I was going to get to it this week, but I am not. I'm going to say it probably next week when it becomes official, and I will, uh, I will just let you know then. Enjoy your weekend, and please do not forget to bestow upon everybody your critically th critical thinking and utter brilliance. I'm a lovable fuzzball. I'm Chris Michaels, and this is The Last Call Podcast.